Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023, and this is episode 557 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled The Agora, Free Markets and Free Minds, and is brought to you by Food Forest Farms. Today, I'll be diving into the world of the Agora and the motto of our today, our sponsor today, Free Markets, Free Minds, Free Minds, Free Markets. But first, let's grab a cup of coffee, catch up on what's going on, and have a little chat. We'll dive into that topic in just a moment. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And uh, good morning again, Jim. How we doing, Pip? Mike, the Philippine Nomad, and MSU Rifle Hunter weighing in already. How are we doing this morning, guys? Uh, Corey and I were just sitting here before the show, and I, uh, I was watching all the the good mornings going back and forth in the chat. And I um, I said, I think this is like the Waltons or whatever TV show that was where they were like, good night, John boy. Good night, Katie. Back and forth all the way through the thing. I don't even know if there was a Katie. Um, just kind of shot out of my mouth. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the Lots Morning Crew here on uh, in the YouTube chat before the before the show starts. So. Happy Halloween, gentlemen. Happy Halloween. And ladies and ladies. I think it's all gentlemen in the crowd here. Um, in the crowd here yet this morning, but happy Halloween. Uh, any big plans? Any big Halloween plans? Corey and I, uh, I'm guessing, are going to be sitting here in the trailer as a, a normal evening. Uh, I don't know if we'll get any kids. I doubt it. Maybe we will. We have... Um, Jim says, let's see that coffee mug again here. That's a Toolman Tim coffee mug and uh, a Plugsy. His name is Plugsy. He is um, my duction cup pig duck that uh, sticks on the side of my mug. If you're new to the show, <laughs> that's been around quite a while. Plugsy, I also have... Um, I also have uh, a spring duck here. I got nice uh, a bunch of swag ducks, and uh, Lisa and Pip were nice enough to send them up to me a couple times, and I give them out as I drive around. Um, as I drive around um, Tennessee here and go to different stores, Tennessee is huge for Jeeps uh, here in the mountains, and. They sent a bunch of duction cups up and ducks, and I appreciate it. And I take them around and hand them out. I might be a little selfish. I might put my business card along with um, my business card along with the duction cup tag that comes with it on it, and uh, and just leave them around and and duck people out in public. And yeah, so I got Plugsy. That was that was the one that I liked when when I got the original batch, the the pig duck. And uh, he ended up on the cup, and he's just been there. He is a morning staple here. And Toolman Tim was um, that was a gift from him. I believe it was uh, the first time I met him at SRF uh, a while ago. Not this past one, but um, last year. I don't even know if it was the spring or the fall one. We went to both uh, in twenty twenty. Um, what am I? Twenty twenty two. What year is it? <laughs> 
I don't even know what year it is. Uh, I think it's 2023. Uh, in 2022, we went to both uh, spring and fall SRF. And I think it was fall that we met Tim. Do you remember? Was it fall that we met Tim? I don't know. Anyway, it was a gift from him, and uh, I've been using it ever since. I have other, a couple other mugs here. I've gotten a bunch uh, as gifts, but I can't carry a bunch of them with us. Ceramics and traveling and falling out of cupboards and things like that don't don't go well. So I I have to be very selective. Tim's uh, Tim's mug's nice and big, and it's great for uh, sticking plugsy too. So. There it is. Marty Digger, how we doing? And Rewilder Life, almost missed it. Fell back asleep. It's cold. It is cold. It is very cold here. Uh, this is a cold snap uh, for us. It's going to be, I think, today, tomorrow, and Thursday. It's supposed to be chilly overnight. Thursday night? Wednesday night? Thursday night, maybe, too. Um, yeah, significantly colder than it has been. It's been highs in the 80s here. Uh, highs in the upper 70s for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yesterday, it rained like crazy all day. Well, I shouldn't say all day. It stopped uh, early to mid-afternoon, and the temperature was at its peak in the morning. So it just kept going down and getting a little colder, a little colder, a little, little colder. And Cor so Corey fired up the wood stove first thing in the morning, and we had it kind of chugging along all day, half havesy speed, and then uh, fired it up a little bit more. And we ended up running it overnight. And it stayed decent in here. I think the temperature, did you see what the temperature got down to 31? Outside? Did it, yeah. Okay, temperature outside this morning when we woke up was 31 degrees. And we were above 50 inside with, uh, with the Cubic Mini sitting at uh, about half, half or a little less or it was a little less when I did it at midnight because uh, I didn't want to have to get up again and um, restock the wood. I'm guessing Corey bumped it up a little bit when she got up at two or three. Oh, he left it? Oh, nice. Nice. She didn't want to get up again either. <laughs> that is the one drawback of the Cubic Mini. Uh, for everything I love about it, the fact that I mounted it on the wall, it fits in this small space, it, um, it puts off a lot of heat, it... Um, it doesn't have a very big burn chamber. So, A, I have to do extra prep work to get the wood small enough to go into um, go into the... Um, it has to, the wood has to get small enough to go into the door. And then even when you pack it full at about half to three-quarter or half to a quarter uh, vents open it'll burn out in three hours, three hours. So you're not going to load it up and get a good night's sleep if uh, if it's cold at all. So there is that. It, it fires back up real easy, though. Even when I got up at midnight, it had, um, it would been, oh, three and a half. It had been a little long. There were, there was no actual wood burning in there. It was all a bed of coals, and I was able to, um, fill it back up and uh, stoke it and get it to light back up pretty, pretty easily. So that was nice. Um, and then how about you? Did you still have anything on fire? Still good when I went. Oh, still good when she went and was able to just load it up and, and keep going. So cubic mini wood stove update and weather, I guess. Thanks for bringing that up, uh, Rachel. That is on my list here. Um, yeah, it was rainy, drizzly, nasty fall. 
it reminded me of like August in Minnesota, <laughs> uh, maybe September. But uh, yeah, just that colder, damp air. Uh, it's what we experienced down in Texas uh, when it got cold. It was a cold, damp air down there last winter. So it is what it is. It's supposed to be back up um, in the daytimes. It's supposed to be up in the 60s. I think, well, today and today and tomorrow, I think it's 50s, but then back up into the 60s, 70s. And then overnights aren't supposed to get too cold um, after this little cold snap for a while. So Corey and I have a project that we... Um, we ordered the supplies for yesterday. I ordered um, I ordered up the stuff to do some skirting around the camper. And it's expensive um, to do. When we started looking into it, it's, um, it's necessary, I think, that we're sitting here. Well, I think it's necessary. <laughs> I drew, We drove around after we started contemplating doing it and um, was looking at all the different RVs here. And not all of them have skirting. Not all of them that I, I can tell people are living in have skirting. Um, so we went back and forth. But the the science makes sense. Uh, it's less, it's not about actually insulating the underbelly of the, the camper. It's, um, that's what I thought it was. I was thinking foam board, um, trying to keep that pocket of air warm under there. And the more I looked into it and the more I read and looked into full-time RVers and RV sites and this and that, uh, it doesn't necessarily seem to be the insulative factor of it other than more about the draft. Uh, when you have that gap below the floor and you don't have anything blocking uh, any sort of breeze or heat exchange um, as far as air movement, it'll suck the hot air right out of the bottom of the camper. So the the drafting effect. We have a small winterized um, or a, a small like um, it's like a particle board, not particle board. Uh, plaster, plastic board, like the sign board that you use for political signs, similar to that, uh, totally covering the cavity underneath our camper already when we bought it. Uh, but it's not on the bottom of the slides. And I think just a little bit extra protection would work. But when we were looking into skirting, you could get custom-made RV skirting, super expensive. Uh, we found these really cool inflatable uh, skirting. Basically, you put it under there and use an air pump, and it blows up to fill all the gaps uh, around the edge. So basically, blocking all the blocking all the airflow. Super, even more super expensive. Uh, and I just don't have the the money or the desire to spend that money right at the moment for um then i would have to figure out how to how to take it with us how to travel with it if i spend that significant amount of money to to get this supplies then i'm either finding a way to travel with it or finding a storage locker finding where a uh, place to store it and that just didn't sound like fun so i kept digging uh went back and forth whether it was actually necessary and doing a lot of valuation and i'm going to talk about um valuing things on your own and not by uh by prices uh, a little later in the episode but i i kept digging i kept poking around and i found an article 
that someone did a DIY skirting. And I was like, okay, well, this is up my alley. It's going to save at least a little money. It might be still very expensive um, for the materials, depending on what they were going to do. And this is where I started to see the fact that um, it's not necessarily about insulating the pocket of air underneath. And it's, it's about stopping that air movement. And they had a really interested, interesting method, and we're going to go with it. We're going to go with it. I, I ordered the supplies yesterday. Basically, we're getting a um, nine mil. Is it nine mil or nine ounce? It's one or it's nine and eleven. So it's either nine mil eleven ounce or eleven mil nine ounce um, vinyl tarp. Basically, the same stuff that they use for billboards. Um, I found a company that had um, billboard, used billboards. They didn't have any in the size we needed. They come in and out of stock. But um, we got enough tarp to do all the way around the base of the camper. And basically, you use command hooks, similar to command hooks around the outside. You stick them on, and then uh, at the end of the season, you can take them off. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to take them off uh, in and out of the slides. Corey looked uh, looked absolutely uh, more if uh, if they didn't want to come off easy. But uh, I'm guessing I'll be out there with a heat gun and um, heat gun and scraper to get them off at the end of the season. But basically, you hang hooks. Uh, we bought a grommet tool off of Amazon. And you uh, put grommets every foot or so, hang them on the hooks. And then the couple that we use, we use the, the DIY site. <laughs> they use tent stakes and grommets to pin it to the ground. Uh, our soil here, our pad was actually, it seems like an old gravel pad. It's just kind of gone away into the dirt, but the gravel's still there. And I would have to buy super... Um, super heavy duty tent stakes and it would cost me just a ton of money. So we're going to, we're going to go away from that. We're going to maybe hit the corners, uh, hit the, the trouble spots with stakes, but um, we're going to take some logs from old Toolman Tim's and use the logs. We ordered a little extra length for the, the tarp that's going to hang down and we're going to kind of pinch it together and fold it under one of the logs. So hopefully that uh, holds up to the wind. But uh, it's it's a matter of just creating that still air pocket under there, and it's not going to be sucking that warm air right out of the camper. So that is the plan. All that stuff got ordered. We're going to be making video content of all of it as we do the project and uh, hopefully get that up because it seems to be a, a thing that people just don't realize. We didn't really need it last year. Uh, we only had a couple days that were really cold, uh, but I think we're going to deal with more of that this winter. So. Why not be prepared? And man, the cost, I think all in, all in with the grommet tool, which is a one-time purchase, the tarp, which at under a hundred dollars um, before shipping, it, um, it, it, it can be a one and done thing. If we can fold it up, I'm not sure how big it's going to be when it's folded up, especially after we cut it into, um, cut it into pieces like we're going to have to do. Uh, we ordered, we saved some money, ordered a large, a long, wide tarp. Um, it's like three times wider than we need. So we're going to be able to cut the strips off it and uh, make them the right size for underneath the camper. So 
the way that folds up, we'll see. Maybe uh, maybe I'll have to store it uh, somewhere or um, donate it or whatever it is. We'll find out. But at under $100 for the tarp, it was not a, not a bad deal. And yeah, it's a huge tarp. So I, uh, I'm going to check out the quality of it. And then I will share the, the site that we got on it, got it on um, if I'm satisfied with it. I don't want to start throwing that name around and have somebody go be disappointed before I got my hands on it. But that's on the way here. That uh, that project will be coming up uh, as it warms up a little bit after this three or four days of cold snap. But as it goes right now, if we uh, if we stay in that um, high 20s-ish, I'm pretty comfortable. Uh, we, we had it over 50 this morning when we woke up in here, and now we're up over 60 already uh, by showtime, so... I don't know. It just takes a hoodie and uh, and some pants. I mean, everybody thinks we're nuts that we can roll our house that uh, that cool, but you kind of adapt to it. So, morning, pickle Pete. How we doing, Greenberry Grove? Pickle Pete up four a.m. Uh, what is what's going on? Are you fasting again? Or are you just jumping out of bed and ready to roll? Uh, check your Telegram. I made some pictures for you last yesterday. Uh, Greenberry Grove, I enjoyed our chat yesterday for sure. Uh, thanks for uh, booking that 30 free, 30 minute free and, uh, and let me know what you got going on down there at your place. It's, uh, sounds like you've got a lot going on and a lot of potential down there for sure. Uh, uh, uh Pip, do you have shipping for Doction Cups? Yeah, uh, Mike, they, I don't know if they do international shipping or not, but they do, uh, ship them out, so... Talk to that, uh, hook up with that Pip guy. He uh, he knows something about shipping and parts and receiving and shipping. So he might be able to um, help you out. Rachel says, Rewilder Life keeps theirs at 60. I uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you greatly. And you understand that humans survive at 60. And in the summer, when it's 60 at night, you're like, oh, it's chilly. Uh, in the winter, when it's 60, you're like, oh, that's pretty cozy. So. Pip says he can figure out how to make it happen. <laughs> Whoa. Holy crap. Sorry, guys. Oh, ah, man. <laughs> that light Peruvian went down the wrong chute there. Oh, holy crap. That was instant. Um, that was an instant. Uh, instant trigger holy crap anyway bones in that coffee man i don't know what the heck that was but it just uh it tickled the back of my throat on the way down it was hairball yep pip called it, it was a hairball <laughs> might have been a dog hair or something in there for sure uh man but anyway we're doing better and let's uh let's move on uh happy halloween i think i mentioned it at the beginning but it had some more people join in happy halloween it is halloween i don't know if you celebrate that or you don't or you think it's satan or satan is good i don't care uh happy halloween go out and cause some trouble and get some candy i guess <laughs> pickle Pete says that cat surfing the pink planet wave is awesome <laughs> I was just having some fun with some AI art and then some um, then some PNGs of some goofy cats and putting them together for uh, 
for Pickle Pete and uh, sending them off to him. He he had sent me some pictures earlier in the weekend, earlier last weekend, and I, I just got around to it. And then Backwoods Butcher, good morning. Thanks for stopping in. Backwoods Butcher got one, too, of a, of a cow on a pasture with uh, that alternative logo I made for him up on the moon. And uh, I sent that over, too. So, All right. Yes, Loco, government tricks versus Agora treats. Yes, let's get moving on to the topic of the day is the Agora Free Markets, Free Minds. Uh, this episode, I am not doing a coffee episode this week. So, uh, man, I I got talking to Brian over the weekend and he just brought up Free Markets, Free Minds and Free Minds, Free Markets. At Food Forest Farms, the extraordinary is the norm. That would be free markets if you choose to engage. They fuel their mission with the diverse offerings from hand-roasted specialty coffees. It'll bring you joy to your mornings, to stunning jewelry and metal art pieces that'll add flair to your style. But that's not all. They also provide unique camping experiences through Hip Camp and Airbnb stays, perfect for adventure seekers. So whether you're a coffee enthusiast, a fan of unique crafts, or an adventurer at heart, Food Forest Farms has something special for you. Ready to embark on this extraordinary journey? Head over to Food Forest Farms to, to explore more. Don't forget to sign up for their newsletter to stay in the loop and uh, keep about their latest offerings and initiatives. Enjoy the adventure and be sure to inquire about the C4 membership. Um, Brian is on the downhill slide of, uh, of filling out his whole C4 membership club. Uh, once that closes, it is uh, it is closed for good. He uh, he is over the hump on the way down to um, on the way down to filling up. So help him out. Check it out. It is uh, it is about the best value in premium air roasted and artisan coffee that you will ever find. And as uh, as Pickle Pete says in the comments, there is a uh, there's a silver there's a might be a silver option and uh, free shipping on everything free shipping across the board always with food forest farm so check them out check them out they are sponsor of the show and since I was wasn't doing a coffee episode I figured I uh, I owed them this uh, this sponsorship spot this week so yeah check out foodforestfarms.com I uh, I've been a member for quite a while and um, always always as long as I possibly can so check them out. Uh, anyway, topic of the day today is, uh, the title is the Agora Free Minds, Free Markets. Um, I wasn't really sure what way I wanted to go with this. It's a great topic. It's, uh, it's an endless topic that we could discuss. Um, <laughs> you guys are going to want to check the comments for more info about the silver, uh, the silver deal there. But, uh. Thinking about the Agora, thinking about free markets, thinking about anarchism, um, and and waking up, and understanding that if we start thinking for ourselves and we start looking, and we start looking at at what we've been taught to do. And this kind of goes across the board and, and it goes back to, you know, we all entered this, this journey. Um, if you're listening to this show, I can't imagine that you are, um, 
you haven't found one thing that was uh, that's bothered you about um, society or uh, indoctrination, all the things, all the things that we've we've all come to realize. I want to say we've all come to realize or starting to realize or starting to wake up to or starting to explore. It all starts with one thing. And if you listen to the show for any length of time, um, I started to get skeptical about things. And then it was really health care that, that tipped it off for us. It was um, stuff with Corey's. Uh, Corey had some issues and surgery and diet. And um, it just led us down some rabbit holes that really solidified that maybe, maybe the things that were taught Maybe the things that we assume are correct aren't. Um, and once you start thinking about that, once you start thinking that way, it just, it leads you to pull strings all over the place. And you realize that um, maybe a lot of the laws aren't, aren't quite right. And uh, there might be a purpose to it. It seems like there is a benefit for everything as you pull those strings and you find things that don't quite make sense. If you keep pulling, there's always a someone that benefits. That's not you. <laughs> that's definitely not you. And I think that's why people get angry and people freak out. And as they start to make this transition, they want to make changes and they need to they need to fight the man. And um, yeah, I did it. I did it. Then I think once you you exhaust yourself trying to change things that aren't going to change, you realize that you don't have to change everything. Um, you don't need to change everything. You need to change your everything. Later this week, we're going to talk about... Um, checking out of the mainstream media <laughs> guess what we're gonna go down that road taking care of yourself taking care of what's most important to you in your world that's going to actually affect you uh when i think of the agora and free markets i think of my marketplace well let's start there the agora what is the agora you hear agorism that's the flag I wear on my hat every day, the agorist flag. Uh, it's it's a mix of gray and black. And I don't know if you know why, um, but it's pretty simple when you hear it. I don't know if I necessarily understood it before I started looking into this, but it's gray and black markets. Gray and black markets. Oh, black markets. Oh, no, black markets. <laughs> Illegal. Illegal. Anyway, agorism, the agora, went to the dictionary, I looked it up. Um, definition in the dictionary is a gathering place. The agora is a gathering place, especially the marketplace in ancient Greece. The marketplace. All right, the agora, here we are, the marketplace. When I think about the marketplace in the lens of trying to um, change my life, I have to I have to understand that it's it's my marketplace. It's it's my it's my world that I'm interacting with. 
whether that be at Walmart, whether that be with the neighbor down the road that has chickens and is selling eggs, whether that is friends of mine that uh, that we're going to help uh, do roofing and we'll exchange whatever in exchange for that. Those are my marketplaces. That's my Agora. And we all have our own marketplace. They interact, they intertwine, they overlap. Otherwise, we wouldn't be exchanging with anybody. So this is how I look at it. You might look at it completely different. You might just say the Agora is where we all come together to exchange goods. And that would be accurate. But the way I look at it is just like I look at uh, the news, the the mainstream media, um, things going on in the world. How does it affect me? Circles of influence, circles of control. It all adds up. Circles of influence, circles of control in the marketplace means that it has to be specific for me. I don't care what they're selling a dozen eggs for in California. I care what they're selling a dozen eggs for down the road. Um, it, <laughs> Pickle Pete says, it's A. <laughs> it's A. <laughs> Um, it's, it's local to you. It's a localized economy. It's, it's a living. Okay. Yeah. It's a living thing. The Agora, you can only ever view a snapshot. Yeah. But it's your snapshot. Like Pickle Pete's world, Pip's world, Loco's world over in the Philippines, their Agora is all different than mine. Now, I think we've been conditioned to believe that the Agora is whatever is set in front of us, that prices, that value is all determined on the outside. I think going to Walmart, going to big box stores, stop, stop buying the, when we stopped buying from people we knew, when we stopped exchanging person to person, when, um, we, we became this group economy, there had to be a standard. There had to be a price, a pricing standard. And we use, we use the dollar. We use the dollar. Um, everything's delineated in the dollar. But you choose now whether to engage in value um, you, you choose whether to purchase an item with value set by someone else. Now, my opinion is if I can if I can exchange value with someone and I tell them how much an item I how much I value an item and maybe they value it less, but they value something or skill or um, yeah, I'm gonna get to that, Brian, just a second. Um, if I value one of my skills more than a dollar amount um, or they value my skills, we make that exchange, that personal valuation, that's it. That's the Agora. That's two people coming together in a free market with no outside influences. That is an put. Huh. I was wondering if this was going to um, 
this was going to uh, drop off in this episode at all. <laughs> they don't give a shit about me. I don't have enough listeners, guys. Let's change that. Let's change that. Let's uh, let's make it so Elon actually has a reason to shut my internet off in the morning, not just uh, not just joking about it. Anyway, uh, we want we need to make it a personal. We need to make it a personal thing. We need to start interacting with people. Uh, Pickle Pete says Craigslist is a fantastic example of an agora and it is it definitely is it's um it was it was until the government decided that prostitution was uh, bad for that like why is that their business <coughs> I, I i guess they were trafficking kids through there that's not good i'm not good with that but anybody that that uh that found a child trafficker they should just take care of the issue personally in my opinion but um I digress back to Craigslist is a great example. Um, you put it out there. How does this marketplace work? I have XYZ product. I put it out there and say, I value it this amount. Uh, someone can come to me and, and give me what I asked for it. Usually it's delineated in dollars, in US dollars, just for a store of value. That's all money is, is an accounting, um, is an accounting method. So uh, I'm gonna sell, I'm gonna sell my coffee mug with Plugsy on it, and I want one million U.S. dollars for it, just because I value it. Is it worth a mil? Like I could go to the store and buy this for I don't know, Pip. What are these like two bucks? And uh, the mug maybe ten bucks. I don't know. Um, you know, people valued their relationship with me and gifted these to me. That's where the value came from. But um, if we list an item on Craigslist, I list this, I list this coffee mug with Plugsy and I say, I want $1 million US dollars for it. Uh, everybody would think I was crazy. But you in your personal Agora can come back to me and say, well, I think it's worth, I think it's worth 10 bucks, $10, 10 US dollars. And I say, well, I, I don't think, um, I don't think that I want to give you a million dollars for that, but I'm going to give you something that you value more than that. I'm going to give you a new, I'm going to give you a new French press because, uh, I just heard that yours broke your screen ripped on your French press and you can't make anything. You can't make any coffee to put in your coffee mug. So I'm going to take your coffee mug and I'm going to sell you. I'm going to exchange with you a new French press. Cause I know you got another coffee mug. I heard you say it earlier this morning. So what is the value of that French press now that compared to the value of my mug, that gentleman has a uh, knowledge that my mug's empty he has something that he can fill it and that I have another one. So if I value drinking coffee more than I value the gift from my friends, then I'm going to make that exchange. It has nothing to do with dollar amount anymore. It has nothing to do with dollar amount anymore. Um, Pip says a pack of duction cups are like $12. And uh, Backwood says, unless you go to SRF and you basically get assaulted with ducks. Pickle Pete said a tattoo artist told uh told him that it stuck 
Uh, they were at a show and they said, it got, got a roll. I got to print money in the morning and it stuck. Uh, that's the, that's the name of the ebook with the Comfrey is growing money. I'm literally making money in the ground. I'm not the sun is nature is I'm, I'm all I'm doing is, is, is pulling it out and literally growing money because people are going to exchange something that I figured out how to produce and send out there. They're sending me money back. They're sending me uh, value back. I've exchanged things for it. I've bartered for it. I've I've exchanged it for U.S. dollars. I've taken those U.S. dollars and bought other things for them. I am print. I'm, I'm really literally growing value. Um. So as you participate in these markets, as you're participating in these individual exchanges. And this is, this is, um, these are free markets. These are actually free markets. They're free markets because when I'm interacting with you one-on-one, when I, when we are interacting in a transaction, the outside influences are at a minimum. I shouldn't say they're completely gone because most of us are, are conditioned to see things the way we've been taught to see them in the banker model, in the the Walmart model. Once we start interacting with each other, there's less outside influence. So as we start to understand that I can exchange things that maybe I have... um, I have put a, a little higher value on somebody else has put some higher value on something they want to barter with me. Um, as we start really nailing down how things value, how we value things, not that they're put a value on for us, we start to see free markets. We start to see um, supply and demand on a small level, on a small scale level not influenced by subsidies and all the bullshit that goes along with it. Once you escape down into that vacuum of person-to-person exchanges, you really see the value of things. Those are free markets. They want to say the stock market's a free market. Bull, bullshit. Free as in manipulated. Free to be manipulated. Um, I, I, man, I went down this road yesterday with... Um, with AI. <laughs> and we all know AI is is it's programmed. It it has to run on the code that is it is given um or it's written. It is what it is. I just asked it some simple questions about free markets. Free markets, gray markets, black markets. And it was amazing when I said, give me give me uh here I'll pull it up here. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, have to scroll up quite a bit, but I said, give me uh, a few examples of free markets. <laughs> um, where are they? Free markets. Yes, I said, give me some examples of free markets. And it says, okay, here are three examples of legitimate free markets. Now you guys see if you think that I agree that these are free markets. Um, one, the stock market, no manipulation, uh, no outside forces there in the stock market, right guys? 
um, to the real estate market. Hmm. I don't think a free market is going to have a bubble. Is it? And the commodities market. Hmm. Huh. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So the the AI really didn't understand what free markets is, uh, and so I didn't feel like training training it at the moment or trying to jump through hoops to get what I wanted. Um, those aren't free markets. I think free markets in 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 the purest form is is going to be two people interacting uh, with with uh, bringing their thoughts to the table. As we use those free markets, as we talk about them, as we expose people to them, Pickle Pete says commodities, maybe, and uh, but it still has a lot of regs, but that's the closest. That's exactly what I was thinking as it was spitting it out. I was like, uh, stock market? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, uh, real estate? And then commodities. And I went and I paused for a second and then I went, maybe some. Maybe some, but like he said, lots of regulations. Anytime an outside influence is coming in, it really deteriorates the free market of what what the what the market value actually is. So anyway, as you start exploring these markets, as you start uh, using Craigslist, because a lot of people that are that are on Craigslist are just trying to get rid of their shit, trying to get rid of their junk. They got extra stuff. They're out looking for something that they didn't want to pay full price for. I love the Craigslist idea because it 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 works <laughs> across genres. It um, it's the example that can be duplicated in other places than Craigslist. And in a second here, I'll tell you about a project I have that I've been uh, working on in the background. That it isn't quite there, but uh, the idea is is kind of solidified how it's going to get worked out. Um, uh, so. As you list things on something like Craigslist, as you you continue to put your items out there in a in a one to one exchange in a free market, it's going to free minds. This is this is Brian at Food Forest Farms. This is his his tagline, his catch his catchphrase, his his whatever you want to call it, but it basically. What he says is free markets, free minds, free minds, free markets. Now, they're all the same words, uh, except they're different types of speech. They're different types of, of, uh, of speech, depending on how you use it. I wrote it all out here and I, I, I checked it. Um, when we say this, when we say um, free markets, free minds, we're talking free as an adjective market as a noun so a free market free describing the market freeze minds free minds free as a verb minds as a noun so the markets are freeing people's minds they're they're exposing them to a different way of doing things they might not know it they might understand it. Who knows? You have to see it in the end. But those free markets are what is going to free people's minds. The free as in the verb, 
Now we're going to switch it around and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to free adjective, free minds, minds that have been set free will free verb markets. They will set markets free because they understand the power of free markets. It'll become an infinite loop, one person at a time, waking people up. Waking people up to understand that they can interact with people locally. They can interact with people now, now with Bitcoin, frictionless, frictionless, um, <laughs> frictionless um, exchange of value uh, a worldwide instantly with super low fees. I, yeah, Bitcoin, Bitcoin now makes free markets easier to use than just going to your neighbor's house. It doesn't have to be in person. Rachel says, um, what should I barter for this exchange? Is that a I, I, is that a question for me or is that a question you ask yourself? Uh, because I could see it either way. I don't think you're asking. I think it's a it's a rhetorical question that people ask themselves when they're dealing with free markets. Um, <laughs> it's a it's is that do you say that mobius mobius loop um sorry guys i'm catching up on the comments here but as uh as you exchange with more people as people realize the power of not buying their milk and eggs at the store maybe buying that used car from a private party instead of uh, a car dealership as you see the the free markets and brian said earlier that uh, free markets usually have the lowest cost of goods the lowest cost of goods because there's less outside force there's less influence there's rec less regulations it's the it's the 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 truest form of valuation when there is that um when there is no outside influences it's a very personal um it's a very personal exchange and valuation of of the product uh moving down the list here one of the things that you need to be able to do and rachel kind of touched on this with her comment was you need to be able to value things participate in this and it takes practice you know you, you talk about um haggling people go to other countries and they haggle at uh, at marketplaces and it's the it's the norm R rachel says i've exchanged teaching for meat eggs and milk yes you can exchange anything that you feel that has value and the person that is receiving it finds value so that's something that I'm I'm talking about. It's perfect. Uh, it's perfect um, symmetry there. Um, you need to be able to value yourself and what you produce, the items that you have, the items that you acquire and resell. Maybe you know that Bob needs a car, but John has seventeen fit, sitting out in his yard. 
And you can figure out that John values those vehicles less than Bob because Bob needs to get to work. You can play a market force. You can use the free market to benefit yourself, taking whatever value you have to John and getting a car, taking it to Bob and saying, Bob, I have a car. What value does it have to you? Because Bob and John don't know each other. You're that intermediary. You're the middleman. That is a good place. Um, that is a place for um, for some value to be made, created. Uh, but being able to value you and the things you have to offer in the marketplace is uh, is a need to participate in free markets, to participate in the agora. To participate in a value economy because if you don't know what things are worth to you you have nowhere to base your you have nowhere to base your exchanges this is where everybody is when they go to walmart when they walk around the store and a box of cheez-its is five dollars it doesn't matter i mean it does you either buy them or you don't but you're not actually valuing things uh, for yourself. We should be. We should be looking at a bag, a box, box excuse me, a box of Cheez-Its and going, $5, does that really give me five U.S. dollars value? When you, when you spread it across, when you spread it across um, the whole, your whole, um, bevy of products that you could get everything that you could get for five dollars five us dollars does a box of cheese it's weigh in there or is that just the price you're willing to pay at this moment because that's the price it is can you go find it cheaper somewhere else do people bargain shop do people um clip coupons and all of that yes <laughs> Pricing curve, pricing curve. Yes, I'm not getting into economics lesson today for sure. Um, Pip says he replaced rack and pinion uh, for motorcycle lessons. Right. Learning the value of the skills you have. Pickle P says someone loves $5 price for a box of Cheez-Its and another will only pay $2. So that's where um, that's where companies are going to find that sweet spot where the most people will buy it for that price. But uh, an all area under the curve is a sale. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, back to being able to value you. I struggle with this. I struggle with this in um, in labor in bidding jobs. I was pretty decent at pricing things uh, on the farm, products. Products, I knew the, the, the product cost. I knew what it cost me to produce it. I knew what it cost me in time. I knew what value it could bring long-term. And I was able to make a, a price that I could defend. That I could say, 
if I needed to, X, Y, Z, uh, all added up, make it this price. This is what I need for this. <laughs> and if somebody wanted to give me something other than, than dollars, that someone wanted to give me something, um, say, Bitcoin. If somebody wanted to give me Bitcoin for baby quail, I understood in my valuation of Bitcoin that is my valuation of Bitcoin is it's going to be more valuable than dollars. So I took less US dollar value in Bitcoin. It was on sale for cryptocurrency because I, I valued Bitcoin more than dollars. So the prices are subjective to what I value the, the, the exchange currency as. Exchange currency could be new tires for my car because mine are bald or I got a flat one. Um, that value goes way up. It's the whole ice water in in uh, ice water in, to an Eskimo or um, ice water to a guy in the desert, which has more value. Um, Rewilder Life says, seriously, though, like uh, like Pickle Pete says, different markets, cleaning here versus rural Iowa will be different value. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to know where you are. You need to evaluate the situation. You need to understand what you can draw for that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, you also need things to be able to barter to participate you need to be able to you need to be able to bring something of value to the market whether like pete says knowing where to find a deal is value that's a skill that's a value you bring that is finding an object at a at a lower valuation and and getting rid of it at a higher valuation that's your skill you bring to the table maybe like rachel you 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 teach things and you exchange it for services. Uh, Pip uh, did some work on a vehicle because he knew how to do it and got motorcycle lessons out of it. You're bringing skills and value to the marketplace and you need to do that in, in order to exchange. If you don't, you're stuck using dollars. You're stuck using dollars, which is okay. That's why it's there. That's why money exists. It's because we, all, we, we can't always get what we need with the skills that we have. If you can, and you can live that way, uh, I think you're living in the freest market that you can. If you can always exchange skills, items, bartering, uh, physical goods, um, labor, uh, knowledge, if you can live your life without the dollar, you are in the freest market you can find. <laughs> yes yes like sonic the hedgehog Ro run around and collect all the coins and uh and all the power-ups and you end up you end up ruling the world uh so yes you have to bring skills to the market to uh, to participate in the free markets uh if you find people close to you and you can you can keep your economy small that really helps uh being able to do this in person 
being able to do physical good for physical good without having to ship it, um, being able to exchange services and work on things for people. Now with uh, uh, with Fiverr, I guess that opens up the door to, um, or excuse me, like digital, being able to work remotely, video conferencing. I'm able to consult with people uh, all over the world on how to how to run a comfrey business that has a value uh i can i can teach people how to do it more places that i can actually send the product to get them started because i can anywhere anyone has an internet connection i can provide value to them with the skills i've acquired learning how to run a comfrey business i can no longer run the business i don't even have the physical product but I found value in the skill of doing it and helping others do it. Um, so that is that is finding a skill to bring to the table. And Loco says freelance and side hustles, but know your worth. Knowing your worth is the biggest thing. Know the value. Um, understand that you do have value. Uh let me see what else is on this list. This is a long rabbit hole to go down, guys. Everything else on my list is just uh, is a long rabbit hole. Um, it's a, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're gonna wrap up here. We're at fifty-seven minutes. Holy crap! I, I wasn't even watching the clock. I just wanted to kind of riff on this a little bit today. It might have been all over the place. It might have been confusing to some. Go back and listen to it again if it did make sense to you. Uh, if it if it is something that you found value in, uh, return that value and share it to somebody that could uh, that could use it, that could use um, maybe a little uh, bird in their ear, making them think about participating in some more free markets, some bartering, some exchange, some private exchange, some private economy. Um, Hunter says, damn, the water in the cooler is warmer than the outside. It's 37. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're a little chilly here, Hunter, and uh, supposed to warm up decent today, I think, into the 50s. So we're good on that. Uh, but like I said, if you if you found value in this episode. Yeah, give it back. Give it back. I, I really my goal right now, I'm watching my month to month. It's this is month two of the new show format. Uh, and 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 really diving into a topic every day, and uh, the numbers are showing a good response. Um, I would like November to to blow it out of the water, and and the value I could receive back in that, man, I, I throw it out there every day uh, for people to take and use what they uh, what they want. If they want to listen to it and run away, and uh, and digest it. If they want to listen to it, laugh and smile, and it is what it is. But if you do find value in it, share it. Find somebody to give it to. Um, Rewild Their Life says, hit that like button. Yes. Yeah, man. Hit that like button. That helps. When you guys leave comments after the fact, yesterday's episode was fantastic. I, I talked about these, these damn new cars. Uh, and there was a love it, hate it uh, battle going on in the comments. That helps the YouTube um, the YouTube uh, stats or a logarithm getting more people to see it. It's, it's more comments. Um, sending it to someone that could use it, exposing new people to the show, talking about it with your friends. If there's an episode that you really like, let me know. I can do more of them. 
I am I am an equal opportunity topic person at this point. I'm talking about my life. I'm talking about the things that interest me. I'm talking about um, I'm talking about what um, the things that I know or the things that I'm interested in looking up. But I'm also interested in what my audience likes and what they want to hear. I I am a polymath. I'll 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 look into anything, guys. So drop me an email, send me a message, uh, shoot me a topic, whatever you want. <laughs> Pip says he had a good laugh when he listened to the new car stuff. But anyway, tomorrow I'm talking, uh, I'm going to change it up way. Uh, actually, it's not changing it up. I'm not going to change it up that much. I'm going to be talking about rabbits on the homestead. You know what you can use rabbits on the homestead for? A barter item. Weird. Weird. Once you start looking into your world and realizing everything that has value in your life that you can use in exchange for other things of value without using money, and we'll go down that road another day. I know Brian wanted me to talk about it today. Um about starving the banksters we'll talk about that someday for sure and that is one benefit of uh of uh barter and uh free markets is uh starving the bankers we'll talk about this so tomorrow we're talking about rabbits on the homestead uh things to things to consider how we did it um avenues to sell i did one way back when i started and uh, it was the things that i knew uh that i tried to talk about so i could get in the swing of um in the swing of doing the podcast. Now I want to circle back and really dive in and talk about it. Um, Jim says he wants rabbits or ducks. I can't help you with ducks. Uh, I never had those. Ra Rewilder says me too. Pups do too. Raw dog food. Yes. Fantastic source of raw dog food. But anyway, guys, they're going to wrap it up today. Get out of here tomorrow. We'll talk about rabbits on the homestead. And if you'd like to participate in those live comments, you can always join the live recorded monday through friday at 6 a.m central on youtube facebook twitch and twitter if you enjoyed the show please consider sharing it with others you can find links to all my social media services i offer recommended products and companies i'm affiliated with at the lotsproject.com that's l-o-t-s project.com be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like podverse or fountain.fm make it a great day guys and we will see you again on hump day.